0: Hour number two out of bounds. William Pogginbush, Ben Milstead. Let me, let me address this real quick. Uh, before we go to the phone. Fun- you know what? Let's go to the phone. We got a couple people waiting through the break. Let's go to the phones. We'll have plenty of time to address these things. I co-signed everything my co-host said uh, in the last segment about the way things went and down the stretch. I, can I say there's one thing that I'm not convinced of, and I haven't gone back to watch it, probably because I'm, <laughs> I'm scared what I might find. Live, I thought it was possible that P.J. traveled when he got fouled by Filipowski. Mm-hmm. And so, I was, even in conversation with people this weekend, I was less inclined to be like, well, uh, there was also traveling on the foul against Beatle. Because in my mind, I was like, there might have been a travel on mm-hmm. P.J. on the other end.
1: If there was, I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, but admittedly, I wasn't looking for that either. <laughs>
0: I think you were assuming he was going to get decapitated I and mean- not caught.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I was, I was looking at the foul. I don't think there was travel on that though. Okay, but it might have I been mean, a nice I mean, little step through. I could have been. I could be wrong about that. Um, we'll talk more about this. Uh, we do
0: again. Uh, we got callers on hold. Six five four roars the number. Let's go to Milton, who's up with us next on the phone. What's up, Milton?
2: Hey, guys. Hey, Ben, I agree with you 100% that the referees did change the tone and potentially the outcome of that game. That is by far the worst technical foul I have ever seen in my life. Uh, the only thing, there's two things that actually came into play a little bit. If you go back and watch the game, at the 2:15 mark when we're ahead and Duke takes the ball inbounds, the clock does not start for about a second and a half to two seconds when they take the ball inbound, get it all the way to half court and they get a timeout at two thirteen. So the good old clock operator at Duke came into play again. The only thing that they didn't pull out of the hat the other day was the uh, lightning delay from the baseball game. years ago. <laughs> so Duke once again has pulled that out. Now I do have one other question. Uh, the, long pass that we made at the end of the game, we pulled that same play in both overtimes, or or maybe once at the end of a regulation uh, against uh, Georgia Tech. The odds of that play working, obviously with one second the odds are not good of any play, but that long pass is even less opportunity to work. I'm wondering if we could come up with some sort of a different design play for late-in-the-game situations. I, that's the only – that and the, the timeout, you know, the, the timeout that Brad called in the end of the game, yeah, you can go either way on that one. But the long pass is what I've got issue with is we got to have a better inbounds
0: play. Milton – That's I, all I got. Look, I Thank think it's, you, a, it's a good point. Appreciate the phone call. It, I would argue it did work the second time against Georgia Tech because they got the ball – from the left wing where it was caught to the right wing for P.J., or I guess the right wing to the left wing to P.J., and he took the three. And he had the three at the end of the Georgia Tech game that would have tied it. So it worked, It didn't work the first time. It did work the second time. My question to Milton would be, if you don't throw a long pass, how are you going to get it down there?
1: Yeah, it. you realize it's incredibly low percentage no matter what. I mean, if you have one second to go the length of the court, your 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 odds are astronomically low to begin with, uh, so I don't, I don't like I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer there. My way of thinking is if you throw it long, you have the opportunity to to catch and release. You also have the opportunity to be fouled in that as Clemson was fouled in that situation. Again, I I don't think that the foul you're not ever going to call that and when it's just a bunch of bodies going everywhere. I uh, you know, I I don't I don't even blame the officials for missing that one. I like I really don't. It's like a Hail just, Mary in football. It's a, yeah, it's a it's I, the odds are almost lower than a than that in my mind, but um I get it. You know, Milton I, he he mentioned the the clock not starting. I noticed I, and the I, same I, thing. I thought he was going to talk. I did not notice that um i thought he's gonna thought he actually was going this direction and and there's a couple plays people want to talk about the uh clemson is or duke is up 16 15 the beginning of the game there is a what seems to be an out of bounds the baseline official and i got a nice still photo of this if you'd like to see it the out the the baseline official who is the uh chief of that crew calls out of bounds lamar simpson calls a foul on rj godfrey to which you can <laughs> the steal that i have has all 10 players looking at lamar simpson as if they are in disbelief and okay so you've got one official saying out of bounds the other official calling a foul what normally happens there quok normally there's at least a cursory discussion Zero discussion, foul on R.J. Godfrey, play on. Of course it is. I mean, just you know, little things like that throughout the entire game. Can I say one thing, too?
0: That in and of itself, like there are people who want to boil this down to like, was it a foul on the last play? I'm going to speak for every Clemson fan here. If you're a legitimate Clemson fan that's been watching basketball for any length of time, that last play ain't it. Mm -hmm. I'm so tired of this game being boiled down to the last play. It was the biggest call for sure. That game is about the technical foul that's the worst you've ever seen. It's about Filipowski sending Joe Girard to the hospital with four fouls and not getting called with three minutes left. It is about the totality of everything. 2007. This game, hell, this game is about 1998 when Clemson finishes a game with four players on Tobacco Road and North Carolina takes 97 free throws. This game is about a sense of fairness that has been under assault by ACC basketball for my entire life and before. It is about a sense of fairness that has been under assault every single time Clemson goes into one of these hallowed buildings where these refs are too afraid to mess up the voodoo in the building, the voodoo in the air. They're upset to piss off all the math majors and the camera crazies. I mean, give me a freaking break. People trying to boil this down to one call or one play, you missed it. You totally missed the point. People are not upset about the last call as much as they are upset about the fact that Clemson lost in 2007 because the time ran out and it was still time on the clock. Like the woman with the oil in the Old Testament, Duke never runs out of seconds against Clemson. Clemson never fouls enough. They always, always, always find a way to give P.J. Hall three fouls in two minutes. When Kyle Filipowski gets his fourth with 11 minutes left, P.J.'s in the game 5.30 to three minutes. He all of a sudden finds himself in foul trouble. With under four minutes to play, there's a rebound on the baseline. Filipowski plows into and then lands on Joe Girard, and every single basketball fan knows in their bones if it's the other way, it's a foul. It's literally a foul in every building except one. When one team does it and the best player does it, it's not a foul in that building. That is why people are upset. It ain't about the one call. All the little Duke do-gooders. Let me tell you something. Ooh, I have never wanted to punch somebody worse than the Duke fan in my mentions that brought up the literal one time in your whole freaking basketball life that you felt like you didn't get a call at the end of the game. John Shire to sit up there. The audacity of John freaking Shire, the most privileged guy in basketball. He's been affiliated with Duke since 2006. He played like three years professional ball. He's been a player. He's been a coach on that staff. You have never, ever seen a fairly officiated home basketball game in your life. Not one. To sit up there and say, well, we could gripe about all the different calls that didn't go blah, 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 whatever. It ain't about that, dude. It's not about that day. It's not about that game. When I tweeted from my couch... That Clemson just sue the ACC tomorrow and get out of this godforsaken league? That's what I'm talking about. The disrespect and the lack of fairness and the injustice that every single time, the people who say, well, you're not going to get that call in Cameron, don't accept that. Why do we accept that we're not going to get that call? It doesn't make any sense. We just sit here and take it and take it and take it and take it, and and we joke with our friends, well, they're going to blow that whistle because Clemson's up by one. Oh, Clemson went up four. Time for a phantom technical. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Why do we take it? It doesn't make any sense, Ben, that we keep taking it and we're asked to take it. For what reason? I don't know. Every single
1: time. I'm going to tell you why some people are taking it. And, you know, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Some are taking it because, well, you know, Quark, we can't talk about officiating because we turned the ball over at the end. And that really was a difference in the big game. You know what? There's no. It's not surprising that every, every person who responded to my Twitter timeline with that garbage, I go the, I go to their, their mentions, I go to their Twitter account, Karen and Dave, and Clint and others, every single one of them, there's it's anti Brad Brownell stuff top to bottom. See, you don't want to talk about the official officiating in this game because secretly you're happy that Clemson lost because you don't like Brad Brownell. And you people, some of you know that's the truth. You want to get real? We'll get real. That's exactly why some of you are saying that. And that. I know, and I can prove it, like I just said. You think that's a, you think that's just a, a coincidence? Bull crap. You're right. You, you can't you can't sit back and take this crap anymore. Several talking about the technical at the beginning, you know, and we joked on the air. Don and Tim did a great job on the broadcast as always. They said, you know. Circle that one because if Clemson comes back to lose the game by one point, that one point as Duke makes one of two foul shots. Hey, newsflash, that point counts just as much as the points at the end of the game. There's a couple people listeners who don't realize that. That point that you get that was given to Duke when it was sixteen to twelve, that one counts just as much as the end of the game. And and the bigger thing with that is Jack Clark gets his second foul. Jack Clark was going to be a big part of this game. Yep. He has to sit the rest of the first half because of it. I'll give you the point. Just don't take Jack Clark off the off the court for 12 minutes, which is what that did. That's what the technical did. You took Jack Clark off the off the court for 12 minutes because of that BS. People asking, you know, well, what did the officials say? The officials said that Clark caught the ball and shoved it at the Duke player staying out of bounds. Again, go back and watch what happened there. Clark is trailing the play; he is literally in the air as the ball goes through the basket. He catches the ball coming. He has no choice with his body positioning. He's in the air. You've seen this play a million times. Somebody trails the play, and they jump in case it's a missed shot. He catches it, lands, hands it to the Duke player, and they are—I mean, they are face to face. Turns and walks away. There's no unsportsmanlike. There's there's none of that. It, it was almost like what? And it's also it's 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 not eight minutes into the game. I'll see players. Many times, pick up the ball, and the official gives them a warning right there. You know, hey, don't you know, don't don't touch the basketball. No, we're going straight to a technical there. I watched an hour before that happened. That's that's unbelievable, man. I,
0: I watched Xavier Johnson from Indiana make a basket at the end of the first half. Chucked the ball at Coleman Hawkins, grabbed it out of the net, literally threw a chest pass to Coleman Hawkins' head, and then Coleman Hawkins went after him. And for some reason, that was not called. That was actually on the road at Illinois. So the, the home team's player has the ball actually thrown at him from like 10 feet, the best mm-hmm. player on the other team. And the officials managed to defuse that situation at halftime with nothing. But we know, listen, if you're a Clemson fan, I don't care if you think Brad Brownells should be burned at the stake. If you're a Clemson fan, look in your soul for a second. Look in your soul. You know the worst thing Jack Clark did that possession is wear a Clemson jersey leading by four at Cameron. You know that's true. How dare he? You know that's true. That the reason that was called is because of the jersey that he was wearing and the score of the game. It's not about that. And I don't even have to prove it in this instance because I can prove it in the past. What I've seen you do in the past, you can do in the future, and I can look at what happened in the past, and I can tell you what you did in the future, and I can link those two things together. I'm tired of taking it. I'm tired of joking, ha ha ha. Oh man, look at the refs; they're doing it again. Oh man, I guess we're gonna do it this time. No, we're not doing that anymore because Clemson was better in this game. They were better, and he had it taken from him in the first half, and he had it taken from him in the second half, and he had it taken from him at the end.
1: Period. One other thing to the anti-Brownell people, and then we go back to the phones. If you want to, if you don't want to do it to support this team, be pissed about this to support the next head coach, because this has been happening since the beginning of time. It's happened to the last four head coaches at Clemson. Because that's as far back as I go. Probably longer ago than that. Like you're. When when your quote unquote your guy's here next year or ten years from now, whenever that whenever that is, it's gonna happen to your guy too. Oh, I I got more to say about this.
0: Oh yeah, and you know what? I thought we had time. Hank, we're gonna have to take a break. I'm so sorry. I got I blacked out. I'm so sorry. I got overheated on that. Uh six five four roar is the number. We will go right to Hank's phone call. We'll take the other phone calls right after this.
1: If you are dealing with the complexities of selling an inherited property or navigating a property in probate, Samuel Property Group is here to help. Hi, this is Brady Brannon, owner of Samuel Property Group, your trusted partner in real estate solutions. Whether it's navigating probate laws or needing a quick real estate sale without the MLS, Samuel Property Group can get you a quick cash offer in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today to turn your property challenges into great opportunities. Call
3: the plumber whose name is his number one, Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber.
2: I need a good plumber
4: fast. I always call one Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his
3: number one, Tom Plumber.
5: Don't miss out on this week's specials at Buff City Soap. With products for everyone, corporate gifts, pet products, laundry soap, seasonal scents, and more. Follow Buff City Soap Clemson and Buff City Soap Greenville on Facebook and Instagram for the latest sales and updates.
0: Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000 square foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, in Greenville, you should
5: go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress
0: directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. Just trust me. We've all heard or said these words ourselves at various points. It's going to be great. Just trust me. We say that all the time. And that's basically what I'm saying when you hear me talk about PhD weight loss. I'm just asking you, just trust me. And now the reality is a few of y'all are thinking things like this. Will it be safe? Or, you know, perhaps more commonly, will I fail? Nope, you won't fail because they won't let you. You're not your past. Whatever diet pills or injections you did in the past failed you. Wanting to drop weight is 80% of the battle, so you're almost there. And the other 20% is having an expert on your side, a way to keep you on track. Keeping you on track is what PhD does. It's the most important thing that they do. I want you to think about this. Think about what not doing PhD will do. Multiply five pounds times five years of doing nothing, you're another 25 plus pounds overweight. If you don't, stop right now and call PhD. For more info, go to the website at myphdweightloss.com.
6: Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, See for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes, Toyota, and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here letting you know if you want to stay on top during the regular and postseason, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book
3: on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota.
6: Health insurance. How can you possibly choose the right plan when there are 64 plans to choose from? Maybe you just turned 26 and need to buy insurance for the very first time. Maybe you just received a letter that your Medicaid is ending. Maybe you just lost benefits at work. It can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Give me a call at 864-467-8738 and check out our website insure-u.com. You can check to see if your doctor's in the network or compare plans side-by-side. One size doesn't fit all. Let's make sure you have the right plan for you. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is the insurance source and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the UpCountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection.
5: Baseball season's almost here, and we have you covered from now until opening day.
2: Hitting it's not about muscle. It's simple physics. Calculate the velocity V in relation to the trajectory T in which G gravity, of course, remains a constant.
5: We are the Roar. We're
1: not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. A lot of people assuming I'm... Um... Go ahead. I just could say, look... Like... Yeah, a lot of people assume Kwok's standing. He's not. He he was he was too mad to stand. I did all He's that First sitting. in the history of the show. Let's, <laughs> let's get these two calls because I'm just – there's a whole lot more where that came from.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I need to say first, I thought about during the break, if I do stand up, I need to get Ryan Beasley on retainer first.
1: <laughs> True.
0: Yeah, because it, it may go real real south in a hurry. Uh, Ryan Beasley Law, they can help you in the upstate. They can help you in the Midlands. They can help you down on the coast. Uh, they can help you anywhere in South Carolina. Ryan and Lance and Mary Hunter have the experience. They have the expertise. They have the relationships to help you navigate the legal process in a way that makes sense for your situation. And listen, you need that because you're a citizen of South Carolina. Dadgummit, you're not from Tobacco Road. You don't get the same privileges that people get when they step in Cameron Indoor Stadium. You need representation, and Ryan can give you that because you're entitled to it as a resident of South Carolina. They believe that with all their heart and soul. Ryan Beasley law.com. That's Ryan Beasley com.
1: I, I, we appreciate all the, uh, all the texts and you I mean Twitter has lit up with, with the rant Listen, on, I, I appreciate the comments. We both do not, not going down this road to get patted on the back though. Really not going. I, I'm just so sick and tired i'm in one of the situations i don't really care if you like what i say today or not i I really don't i'm just sick and tired of this crap i am i'm sick and tired of going to that building in particular and and seeing it absolutely stolen from you if you go there and you screw it up and again or duke makes every play or Duke duke makes all the plays mccain was fantastic saturday he he played man he hit some contested shots He had a bunch of highly contested shots where, you know, I can talk to John Height down the line during the game, and John and I kind of watch the game again. I tell John, like, hey, nothing more you can do right there. You go there, and, you know, and and if turnovers were the reason that you lost, and it's not, if turnovers were the reason that you lost, I can live with that because that's on me. But when you go there and it gets stolen from you, that's why I'm not over it. Forty-eight hours later, I mean, absolutely stolen from you. I want to I want
0: to get Hank's phone call because Hank did patiently wait. We'll get Buddy as well, and you can continue to to fill up the phone line. Six five four roar is the number. Hank, appreciate your patience, buddy.
7: Yeah, no problem. Uh, how you guys doing today?
0: Doing, I mean, you know, I'm I'm doing better. I got some things yeah. on my chest right there. I'm doing a little better.
7: <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought I personally had calmed down until I heard the uh, the fire and brimstone uh, sermon over the last twenty minutes, but. Anyway, I, I kind of wanted to approach this from a slightly different perspective. You know, I, I know a lot was made, obviously, of the final two minutes of that game, and, and it should have been. Um, and I know you guys talked about the technical and some of the things like that, but uh, I know, Clark, at least you've seen the uh, the Netflix untold Tim Donaghy, uh, which was the NBA ref who was yep. accused and, and proven guilty of, of fixing games. And if you watch that documentary, he's honestly weirdly open with how he did it, but uh, he's very honest about what he did. and he, he goes over how a lot of people think that fixing a game comes down to making one or two important calls at the end, but it's really about the things that as a ref you can control in the game, which are who has fouls, momentum, and pace of the game. And you really saw that time and time again. Obviously, the, the first example, and maybe the most obvious, is the technical uh, Clemson is up four, and honestly, I, I thought Dylan Hunter got absolutely hacked on the play, and it should have been an and one. Um, it also looks like a goaltend. I mean, the, the ball went in, so it didn't matter, but they didn't call that either. But either way, that was a, a huge momentum play for us, uh, that I thought should have led to a five point lead, and instead leads to Duke with uh, two free throws and possession. I thought another one that really stood out was with just over seven minutes left. Clemson's down two. I think the score is 45-43. We had just gotten the defensive rebound. We're coming up the court. The broadcast had barely gotten out of its mouth that Clemson had the momentum and a chance to take the lead, and they call a moving screen on R.J. Godfrey because his, he's handing the ball off to Joe Girard. He, I, I don't know what he did. They showed the replay two or three times. He clearly – it's its a little in the gray area, that he comes to a stop as he hands the ball off, doesn't move into whoever the Duke guard was. It, it slips my mind. I think it was Proctor, but – uh, and if anything they show in the replay and, and Corey Alexander says this that if anything he's starting to roll towards the basket away from the play and that that's just another one that it felt like we had a chance to come down tie the game or take the lead and all the momentum was on our side and all of a sudden there's a frustrating call going into that but I think it was a TV timeout and then the last thing and one thing that Tim Donaghy talks about that you can you can really control is who's in the game with fouls and you watch the first half, and you go into half, and both Ian Sheflin and P.J. Hall only have one foul each, which was a minor miracle at the time. And P.J. finishes with four, and Ian Sheflin fouls out. And I just, you can't watch that game and say, oh, uh, P.J. and Ian both guarded much more aggressively, and you can't particularly say, especially with how much time that uh, Kyle Filipowski spent on the bench in the second half, that Duke attacked them particularly any more in the second half than they did in the first half. And they go from two combined fouls in the first half to nine in the second. And you look at what that did. I mean, we were dominating the offensive board, specifically Ian Shefflin at times. And all of a sudden, Ian spends some time on the bench. PJ has to spend some time on the bench. Duke gets a couple second-chance opportunities. We get less second-chance opportunities as the game gets tighter. And it's just, it's obviously that, that final call, I think, was, was bull crap. I don't think that was a foul, but, you know, it's, uh, it's all the other little things that that game honestly shouldn't have even been close. Clemson should have been carrying an eight- or nine-point lead into the final minutes and should have been looking at milking the game away instead of instead of having to, instead of having to take it to a nail-biter.
0: Hank, I, look, I wish I didn't agree with everything you said. I agree 100%, my man. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much.
7: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I wish I didn't agree because it's a little bit of the, you remember O.J. Simpson's book, If I Did It? Mm-hmm. I'm not making any accusations. But what Hank said is faithful to the documentary. And let me just say, isn't that what Clemson fan? isn't that what we joked about on Friday? P.J. Hall already has two fouls. Tim and Don joked about it 10 minutes before tip on the pregame show. Uh, no truth to the rumor that P.J. Hall already has two fouls. And laughed about it. And the what Hank is saying is, like, if you were going to fix a game, I'm not saying they fixed it, but I'm saying if you were going to fix the game, the things that we are consistently griping about would be featured. That's why Clemson fans should feel absolutely aggrieved in your gut, in the core of your being by this. Because all of that stuff that Hank said is absolutely true. Now... We got a text that said, well, if all this is true, then how did Pitt do it? I'll tell you how Pitt did it. Duke was minus two starters, and their best player went a miraculous seven of seven from three. See, it's interesting that you have to have some uncommonly otherworldly performance from a player and multiple starters out in order to win by like one or two scores in that building it's shocking to me or you have to be like national championship like arizona's national championship good so like if you're national championship good you might can go in there and if you're not an acc team you might can go in there and win i mean it is interesting like duke never plays ranked teams at home in the non-conference they just beat up on all the weak sisters when they play at home and they play neutral side games against ranked teams the one time a ranked team from outside the acc goes in there they win it's incredible. How that works. It's incredible how that happens. Let's go to Buddy in Greensboro, Georgia. Who's up with us next? What's up, Buddy?
5: Hey gentlemen, you did a good job, Qualk. Um I tried to do that this morning on another show, but uh I was so I was jacked up like you was, but I just for whatever <laughs> reason I just wasn't as my articulate self this morning. But And I'm not going to go through the game. The game speaks for itself. But when does, in your opinion, and I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot, but it's like you said, this has gone on long enough. And when do you feel that our athletic director should reach out to the ACC commissioner and, and address this? Anybody that saw that game would agree with the same sentiments that Clemson fans have. And I just... I, I don't know if it would change anything. Uh, it, it certainly couldn't you know, hurt if you know, somebody did that. Uh, what's your opinion on that? And listen, thank you for uh, you guys talking about the game. It, you're doing a
0: good job.
1: Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it very much. I can tell you that Graham Neff was there at the game, as was the deputy athletic director. Uh, they were sitting opposite sides of the court. And I hadn't spoken to either one of them since the game. I would have, I would have. I'd be surprised if they haven't already been in contact with the league office. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, nothing's going to happen for cry. You know, only thing that's going to happen: Brad Brownell probably going to get a fine for what he said about official officiating. Because heaven forbid anybody question the the team that stole a victory from you. Uh, I mean, Clemson went to Cameron. And won the game. They did. Clemson went to Cameron Indoor Stadium and won the game. Officials, however, took it from you, and they don't have to. They don't have to answer to you. Can can we talk about those three officials real quick? Yes. And I, just to just to give you a little bit of perspective on what we're talking about. Uh, one of those officials is like top ten in the nation. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's eleventh. The other two, however, Brian Brian uh, Morrissey, is it Brian? Uh, yeah, I think it's Brian. I think well, so. his last name's Morrissey. I'll check it. And Lamar Simpson. They're ranked number forty-nine and number fifty-two. Now, for Tommy Morris, Tommy, yeah, Tommy yeah. Morrissey. For some perspective, there, I'm looking through the officials' rankings. James Breeding was the other one no it was uh oh uh breeding was on the other game another game it was smith uh burt smith smith okay yeah he's burt smith lamar simpson tommy Morrison. yeah burt smith burt smith is the one who called out of bounds as uh lamar simpson calls the foul that i referenced earlier okay so i'm looking through i don't know if 49 and 52 are good or bad so I'm trying to find names below those two that routinely call ACC games. I found four guys who have called more than four games in the league this year, ranked lower than those two. So the conclusion you can draw there is two, two of the three officials in that game were basically bottom of the barrel in terms of official rankings this, this season. That has nothing to do with that game or Clemson or Duke, that just means they suck. I and then I mean that I didn't come up with the stats. It also I mean we weren't we weren't talking about an all star
0: cast to begin with. I would say it also means that they are more uh able to be swayed. If you're less sure of yourself, if you're not a if you're not as good at your job, then you're more likely to be swayed. And one thing Brad Brown said, which by the way th- I posted some cliff notes when I heard Brad Brownell talk to Don and Tim after the game, and I had a couple people get in immediately with tweets are like he didn't go far enough, not far enough. I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't post audio, like y'all didn't see it, so that's number one. Y'all didn't hear it. Number number one. Number two, no one had posted any clips or quotes from his actual press conference. Go listen to Brad Brownell's press conference, and you'll see why he should get fined. And you tell me, the guy, I don't know, wh- I still don't know where his jacket is. His jacket came off. When Jim Beheim rips his jacket off, it's like a national travesty. And when uh, when Brad Brynell takes his jacket off, clips of people think he didn't go far enough. The official that Joe Girard went after Brad went after him first, and then pulled Joe back. Brad Brynell was hot. I've never seen him like that. I know there are other games where he felt like the officiating did not go his way. I have never seen or heard him like that. He said, we have history with the one official. He said, we've done this four times and it was taken away from us today. We got within one second. It was taken away from us in this building today. He was very upfront about saying how disappointing he was that PJ is not officiated like other stars in the league. If you're a Clemson fan, like other than flip the table over and walk out carrying the microphone, I don't know what else Brad Brownell is supposed to do after that game because he's not going to do what I just did because he will get a heavy fine and it's not going to be worth it that's why I'm here to do that that's why Ben's here to do that
1: let's get Cobb in real quick before the break
0: all right we'll do that Cobb joins us next what's up Cobb I have passed the plate three times and we filled
8: it up <laughs> That that's the finest 20 minutes of radio I've ever heard on this radio station uh, this is coming from somebody who's been watching this since 1970. And, I mean, you you listed it all. I i couldn't clap because I was driving while you were going through that rant. But it was just, I, you know, it was brilliant. And then, you know, I'm sitting at home Saturday afternoon, and the tweet comes across, Tim Bray says, one of the worst 40. 40- in his 46 years, one of the worst officiated games he'd ever seen in his life. And I called Tim, and I said, Tim, this reminds me of that immortal Hugh Durham line. Now, Kwok, you're probably too young to remember Hugh Durham, but he coached at Florida State and Georgia and uh, took both to the Final Four. But Durham said one dime after a game, he said, Well... Cause we're not allowed to comment about officiating in the SEC, but the guy in the first row said it was the worst officiating game he'd ever seen <laughs> in his life. Oh, that's exactly how that's I felt. And, and to Ben's point about, as I call them, the lunatic fringe, the ones who cheer for Clemson basketball to lose because they want a new coach, that's why I call them the lunatic fringe. Nobody, they don't know how hard this man works at it they don't know how hard this man how much this man cares um what he puts into it uh he i'm tell i tell people all the time i feel like brad brownell is one of the most unlucky men in the world there's been so many things that have turned against him yet he continues to to have a, a a solid program at clemson and um i just uh but saturday I've turned to my wife and watching TV. I told her, I, said, I know how this is going to end. I know exactly. I've seen this movie for 40 years. And sure enough, and uh, and it just it's, it's it's just awful. But nothing ever gets done about it. So, um, you know, and and I said, too, I said, people say, well, this might hurt Clemson getting in the NCAA tournament. No, they're, I think their net actually went up. It did. Because uh, – ECU beat Baylor, and there was a couple. Alabama blew out LSU. Um, but I said, this might be the moment where Clemson gets serious about getting out of the ACC. So, but anyway, I just wanted to congratulate you on one of the best sermons I've ever heard. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just amazing. I can't add to it. I mean, it was, it was uh, God only knows what you'd have said if you'd have stood up. But anyway, it was, it was brilliant and uh, to the point. And uh, those of us who have been suffering with Clemson basketball and the, the Duke, North Carolina garbage for as long as we have, appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Cobb. Appreciate, appreciate that it. very much. Uh, yeah. quick, we are way past the break. Quickly on what he referenced with Tim uh, Tim Tim tweeted, that was among the top five worst officiated games I've seen in 46 years of covering lumps and basketball I, I can speak to to tim brave because i i hear what he says on the air and more importantly i hear what he says off the air tim doesn't complain about officials not the way that i do <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean i'm just if if you want to discount what i say that's fine cool uh trust him in that he's seen a whole lot more than i've seen and and, and i can vouch for where he normally is with officials he, he's the cool headed one of us three. But very logical. Very <laughs> logical. And he was sounding like me
0: on Saturday. That's how I knew something was wrong. All right, uh, stay with us. We'll go back to the phones right after this. This is Coach Dabo Sweeney. I remember how great it was to turn 21. But remember, just because you're 21 or over doesn't mean you can buy alcohol for anyone underage. In fact, you could face fines and jail time for a first offense. Upstate alcohol enforcement teams are enforcing underage drinking laws to save lives. When officers catch a minor with alcohol, they ask, who gave it to them? Don't let it be you. For more information, go to phoenixcenter.org.
5: Don't miss out on this week's specials at Buff City Soap with products for everyone, corporate gifts,
0: pet products, laundry soap, seasonal scents, and more. Follow Buff City Soap Clemson and Buff City Soap Greenville on Facebook and Instagram for the latest sales and updates. When
8: you're looking for the beautiful gift she deserves, do what I do. Shop at Turner's Jewelers. They have an amazing selection of silver, gold, precious gems, and diamonds. And Turner's can create a custom piece she'll absolutely treasure. Whatever the occasion, trust a tradition of family excellence for more than 60 years. Shop now at turnersjewelers.com or visit them today in the Applewood Shopping Center next to Belk and Seneca. Southern hospitality meets diamond know-how at Turner's Jewelers.
2: Estes Heating & Air, the Elite Heil Dealer of the Upstate, is here to give you peace of mind with an exclusive offer. If cold air is blowing from your unit and your heat is on, it's time for a routine checkup. A priority customer membership with Estes Heating & Air includes two full routine services to make sure your unit is running efficiently all year long. New members enjoy $25 off the one-time membership fee. SD's Heating & Air, the Elite Heil Dealer of the Upstate. 864-718-7200.
4: One Tom Plumber will be there in an hour. Or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah! Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call
3: the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber.
5: It's hoop season here at The Roar, and we've got you covered all day long. We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Texas,
0: Fold em, let em hit me. All right, Hour 2 continues out of bounds. William Quagamush, Ben Milstead with you. Let's go right back to the phones here. 654-ROY is the number. We'll go to Ken. We'll, we'll go to Scott. We'll go to Old School here. Ken and Anderson joins us first in this segment. What's up, Ken?
4: Yeah, hey, guys. Um, You could make a whole show on the technical pile, um, just talking about that. I mean, it it was more than a it, – it, it was not a missed call. It was, it was a call pull out, pulled out of thin air. I mean, it was just so bizarre to see that. It's not like he has to make a call. Which one does he call it on? He just pulled it out of thin air, and I, I just, I, I, I could never see how he could justify it. And I, that, you almost wish that that Brownell could have some power and just say he could never coach. I mean, never rough another Clemson game. Well, you, uh, you,
1: just, Ken, you know what? To that. To that point, um, Lamar Simpson was the official in the North Carolina game, the Georgia Tech game, and the Duke game this year. He was the one and, that called the out-of-bounds in the second overtime of the Georgia Tech game. Exactly. And there, I, I think, if I understand correctly, you can request someone not be assigned to you. doesn't mean that you're not going to get them, but you basically make your thoughts known on how you feel about them and they try to get other other people. I think is how that works.
4: Mm. Let me say one more thing, too, about uh, – I don't know if anybody else – maybe it's just because I was so angry, but the uh, announcers at the end of the game drove me crazy. They, were, they kept justifying a foul that we did on Duke, I think. And, you know, there were so many blatant calls that were missed. Uh, they didn't really talk about them, and, and they talked about that one until the end of the game. How how justified it was, how it was a good call, and uh, that just that just drove me crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. I think now I will say this: the technical foul, the way the technical foul was covered on TV was weird. And Ken, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. At the yeah, end of the you. game, I felt like some of it was. Like, for instance, some of my issue with the foul at the end of the game was the stuff that wasn't called or was officiated differently from earlier. And that's actually, I've gone back and forth with a couple of Duke fans on this, and there are friends of mine that I deeply respect on this. And one of the things I said was that it's not about necessarily if it was or wasn't a foul. It's about what else was or wasn't a foul in the run-up to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, one of the things I'm most upset about is that... uh, P.J. Hall gets hit harder than you would hit somebody in a boxing match. Repeatedly gets elbowed in the face and gets called a foul. My sister-in-law sent a clip of somebody putting those two clips side by side. One was P.J. Hall getting elbowed in the face by Filipowski. And Filipowski going to the line for two free throws. The other one is the exact same play happening in the uh, Kentucky-Arkansas game that ends up being a flagrant one on the offensive player. Once again... In a vacuum, that is fine. But we're talking about a team playing in Cameron against Duke. It's not even just Clemson. I think Clemson fans feel it deeply. But it's not even just Clemson. Kentucky and Arkansas, same play happens. The offensive player gets whistled for a flagrant one. When it happens and the Duke player in Cameron with four fouls elbows PJ in the face, it doesn't get upgraded to a flagrant one. They don't even look at the play. It's stuff like that, where you see
1: that and you go, well, I mean, that, that feels like the offensive player initiated a lot of that contact. And as I said earlier, with the, with the technical at the beginning, for me, it's not so much that you gave up a point. You happen to lose by a point, and you freely gave Duke a point right there. It was that you lost, Jack Clark played three minutes in the first half. That technical goes down as a foul. He set the rest of the half. It's so much more than one play or one point.
0: Yes, totally agree with that. Let's get back to the phones. Scott in Greenville joins us next. 654 Roar is the number. What's up, Scott? Somewhere Lenny Wirtz would be proud. <laughs> it, you know, and that, you honestly, know, I'm glad you brought that name because that, that predates my life. Like, if I feel this way... Bob Oxford for sure feels that way because he, no, right. like, I just, I've just heard of Lenny Words. I don't, I, I watched yeah. Rick Paparo, I heard of Lenny Wurtz. Like, people who know Lenny Wurtz's career understand what that name means, and it's unfortunate and sad and infuriating.
3: Well, you know, we, we sent that check up there from New Spring last week, but Brook, uh, Elevation rather, came in at the last minute. <laughs> we paid him more money.
0: <laughs> oh man uh, that's a great that's uh, a great inside joke for the for the christians that that's fantastic hey
3: uh really though wait I, mean, I mean the officiating was really bad but but clemson had that game man and so my question is this what's wrong with brownell flipping a table you know you said you don't want to flip a table why not you know because uh, yeah, because you flip a, have, table, a table, you're not
1: coaching. You're not coaching against Louisville or Virginia this week. would be Would be my first answer.
3: But I mean, if you get out there, even if it's just your press, if you're vocal about it, and, you know what I, I, and I know he said it was unfortunate. And we weren't happy, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Why? Well, but that wasn't all he said it about is. it, though.
0: I mean, to, like, if you go back and watch his press conference, he specifically referenced the one official there's history with. It doesn't take a lot of digging to figure out who he's specifically talking about. He said the game was stolen away from them. He said it was incredibly unfortunate the way the game was officiated. He said the same basic stuff in the, uh, on, on radio. I mean, the only, to me, the only thing he could have done that would have gone further is say it's been a joke for 50 years. I'm sure that wasn't in his mind. He threw his jacket and went after an official coming off the floor. Like, I think he should get some credit for some fire there because I hear a lot no, of how no, much I'm fire not... he doesn't have, and that it seemed I'm... like a fiery response to me. I'm not saying he didn't have any, and
3: I've, I've, I've been proud of how he handles a lot of things, but at this point, four times been up there, it's time, I, I would think, if me and knowing me, it's time to flip the table. I mean, because Clemson is so close, man. I think this is their problem. They don't know how to win those games. And I think they're so close. And when they do get there, I think it's going to be on. And I think that's when the Clemson basketball program is really going to stay elevated to where the fans' expectations like myself are. But I'm not upset with them for Saturday for losing that game. You know, I don't think the technical – they overcame that technical foul. They were down 10 and fought back and fought back and fought back to where they had the lead.
1: Maybe they don't have to fight back so far, though, without that. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're well, not down by six or whatever it was at halftime, if Jack Clark is allowed to play in the in the first
6: half.
3: Right. Well, I, I get that, but I also think that okay. So two of the four times that they turned the ball over, had they scored there, a six or eight point lead is a lot. That foul at the end doesn't matter. So there's a lot of that you can go back and forth with. But I'm thankful for where they're at. I do like this. I do think we're okay still. I like the fight, and I think. If I'm Clemson, I'm pissed off, and Louisville's paying for it tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, that's hey, just Scott, my take on it. Scott, yep. uh, we talked about the turnovers earlier. You're right. There, there's a couple of turnovers there that are they're on Clemson, hundred percent. You're right. right. Uh, from a coaching right. standpoint, I don't know what more you could have done there. But I, w- I would also point out, Clemson is on the road in Cameron with a one point yep. lead with one second remaining. Yep. And a, a blatant walk is missed, and then a phantom foul yep. to follow. I, I'm not an
3: officials fan. I know they made mistakes, and I know they screwed it up. I mean, I does, Clemson despite Clemson's but...
1: shortcomings, and you're right. I mean, right. that you know, Shefflin's Shefflin's pass, the the pick six there. I mean, that's that's horrible. I'm not going to tell yep. you otherwise. That's that's a horrible, horrible turnover in that situation. Despite all that. They have a one-point lead with one second remaining. And they do everything right in the last play and lose, and lose the game.
3: I don't know how y'all sit there and watch it and not just lose your mind.
1: <laughs> well, I did.
0: Go, stuff, go look man. at it's, my tweets. Be. I was not professional yeah, not? or composed at the end of the game. And I really wasn't professional right. or composed during the game. Because at 16-12, when, when they threw the technical up there, 18-year-old Quawk made an appearance. And he never <laughs> right. left.
1: <laughs> right we love that right. guy I hear you. <laughs> yep
0: all right guys thanks, sure. god. See you. thanks god thanks Scott. appreciate the phone call i
1: i don't recall ever being still feeling like i feel about that game 48 hours later
0: i get there have been some tough ones you've come in here like maybe the
1: next day i can you've come them in off here. pretty quick but yeah i, I don't and you know what i'm disappointed in myself because i knew that was going to happen and I still allowed myself to be surprised by it, which is why this is so egregious. Yeah, it's like Ben, you, f- you idiot. You <laughs> knew that was going to happen. Why are you acting like you're surprised? Let's go to
0: old school. Find a couple minutes of this hour. What's up, old school? How you doing, guys? Good, man. Thanks for getting in. Ben, you just you, again, you just stole
4: my my lead in. I was going to ask you after all this time, why are you surprised that you? <laughs> I'm a I'm a judge you. You guys know that so i don't I don't have a dog in that fight, but you got robbed simple and basketball and football are not played in the vacuum. What happens in the first half carry over to the second half um the foul trouble the uh the the, the calls that they didn't get in the first half are now it was calls missed on both sides. Don't get me wrong, but you got robbed now my my question is, and I know it can't happen, I know it would never happen, but you know what I would like to see? I would like to see. Uh, the official at a press conference after a game like that. And I think coming out there, guys. Take
0: it easy. Thanks very much, Old School. Appreciate the phone call. You know, I was thinking about that when Scott called about trying to respond, which I think is what Old School is asking. Responding after that to face Louisville at 9 o'clock at home. Uh, I, that This is a really, in my opinion, it's not a hard game. It's not a hard game. It's harder than Louisville's record and resume. But it is the the emotional toll that that takes to respond. I think it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll talk about that more coming up in just a little bit. I need to talk about Tiger Express Wash. Go by and see them today. Three locations. I need to get up with Neil sometime soon just to talk about things and catch up. But uh, our friends at Tiger Express continue to provide the absolute best car wash experience Anywhere, period. End of story, any upstate. There's no doubt about it. It's the personal touch. It's the great financing plan. I'd say financing plans. I mean, it's, it's very incredibly affordable, but like you can get that annual plan or the monthly plan where uh, the two washers pay for itself, basically. You keep your cars clean all the time, man. The vacuuming station, so many vacuuming stations in three convenient locations in Clemson and Pendleton and in Easley. Go and mind seeing my friends at Tiger Express wash. Hour two is in the books. We'll go back to the phone. So much more still to talk about with this game. Maybe some other stuff. Maybe we get to other things after this.
5: WCCP FM 105.5. Clemson. Greenville Anderson. WAHT AM 1560 Cowpens. 97.5 Spartanburg. We are the roar.
2: Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and